airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening to us yet again. Mm-hmm. We really do appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will open the phone lines up in the third segment of the show. Get your take on some of the things that we are discussing and kind of batting about um, in your hearing. So uh, yes. make sure you keep listening for that. Hey, you guys, we have something that we want to tell our listeners about. Um, if you are in the Tupelo, Mississippi area, mm-hmm. um, or maybe close enough that you feel like driving, um, Will and I would like to invite couples to come and um, have a date night with us mm-hmm. um, and discuss <laughs> discuss marriage, family, and where we go from yes. here. Um, we're going to be discussing primarily the marriage mystery yeah. um, and all that flows from that. And uh, we want to invite you to spend some time with us um, where there are going to be appetizers. And um, so it's it's February the 9th is when it's right. happening. Right. And so it's it's sort of like a like a Valentine's kind of thing. And you, you, know have, I mean? to, like a, you have to register. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so sure important. Go ahead. If yes. You go to marriagefamilylife.net, uh, hit the events tab. You'll see the date night uh, logo. Mm-hmm. And so you click on there and you can register because we need to know how many people uh, yes. will be coming so we can uh, make plans for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And the registration, the deadline is February 1st. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you want to come and fellowship with us, uh, yeah. just have a good time with us, celebrate uh, marriage. You know, mm-hmm. this may be your opportunity to, yeah. you know, kind of get away for a moment uh, in time and uh, just fellowship with other believers, mm-hmm. other couples. And so we yeah. want to invite you to, to do that. I think this these are things that we have to do you know, to really celebrate and to strengthen and to encourage one another yeah. in, in our in our marriages. So if you go to marriagefamilylife.net and you click on the events tab, it will take you right there to the date night event that's happening and February 9th. We have limited seating, limited yes. space, you know, because there are only so many people that you can put in a room and, and all of these things. You have guidelines, all of that. So yes. um, if you're thinking about doing this, go ahead and do it. Um, Jade informed us today um, that people are already registering for this event. There were invitations that went out. It's mm-hmm. also in the AFA journal. And so people have already uh, begun to register. And um, once once we once it's filled, then that's it. It's a free yeah. event. You're invited to come. You just have to register and let us know that you're coming. It's for husbands and wives to come out. And uh, it doesn't matter your age or how long you've been married. All right. Um, but it's a marriage mm-hmm. date night. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, and you know, just to ahead. say that there won't be any uh, child care that would be provided. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's strictly for, for couples. We love children. Now, y'all, Absolutely. y'all know. Y'all know. Look, and, and this is not this is not our custom. <laughs> right. But this is a special thing right. that we're doing. Exactly. And, um, you know, and with a very intentional focus. And hopefully, hopefully um, after this event, 
we go back to our families, recharge for the importance Amen. of what it is that we're installed to do. Like that's Amen. that's the reason for this. So um, that's not normal. You know, we have our MFL conference where um, children, they have their own track. Like yes. we have a whole entire a whole children's conference track. within so, the conference. Exactly. And, so, uh, yeah. and I just want to say, not to conflate two events, but set your calendars for June 24th through the 26th, if you have mm-hmm. it, for the Marriage Family Life Conference. You know, that's all I'll say about that. We'll give some more details, you know, because I don't want to mess up this event, you know, mm-hmm. make people confused. This event is happening in February. So I guess it's a, a kind of local type thing. It'll yeah. be in Tupelo. If you're in driving distance. If you're in driving distance, you know, this is a date night. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we want to invite you to come. 630 to 8.30. Um, we'll be mindful of the time. We'll start on time and we'll end on time. That's right. Um, there'll be questions and answers like we, we will. This will be very much um, laid back. It'll be like our personalities, uh, which some people might say, hey, that can be intense at times. It'll be that. <laughs> um, but then it, it'll also be sweet. Yes. It'll be sweet. So, you know, wear you know, wear pink or something. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> guys, it's a date night. You don't have to wear pink. <laughs> not, not the guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not against it, but oh, no, you are. He will judge you if <laughs> you show up in a pink shirt. Can pull men, off a pink, you know. And, uh, but Will will judge I'll, you. I'll, I would say, nah. We, You're gonna we judge him. Clear. Just, no, I'm, not I'm kidding. <laughs> you, know. you know, I'm just kidding. It'll be fun though. We'll have a good time together. Yes. Um, I'm excited about this event. This is something that was on our heart um, last year that we wanted to to do to really help shore up families. And um, this is the first one that we're doing here. And the aim is that we would do these types of date nights just around the country that Mm -hmm. where we have listeners, where we have an audience um, for American Family Radio, that we would offer this to our listeners. There are a lot of people who reach out to us um, in different ways uh, pertaining to their marriages and pertaining to their families. And uh, this is one of those. Um, hopefully this becomes one of those ways that we can respond. We can't do everything for everyone, right? But if we can have moments where we get together and encourage one another, um, because let's just face it, right? Uh, Sometimes our marriages face difficulties. Yeah. 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 And, And sometimes when we don't understand the purpose of marriage, when we have not yet allowed the weight of marriage to come to rest on our shoulders, mm-hmm. we consider things that if we knew mm. and understood what God had done right. in marriage, we wouldn't consider. Right. We'd take that off the table. Right. And so it's time for us to know it. Yeah. It's time for us to know it when, when we're in the thick of it. You know what I mean? And um, it's, it's, you know. Because yeah. the thick of it is is when people make decisions that they, they shouldn't make those decisions when when it's you know like that you know what I mean like that's not yeah. that's not the time yeah. you you go into your marriage having already made the decision that it's sealed mm. that's it it's we're here and so what it's like family oh man I don't want to get too much into what we're going to start to discuss <laughs> but you you know you yeah. can't you can't unfamily your family <laughs> that just sounds funny <laughs> it's the lady with the family. Facebook I unfriend you. You know, she's like, anyways, it's not how any of this works. (laughs) Marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Jade, our Uber producer and assistant who's helping us with so much Mm -hmm. of the special initiatives work that we're doing here at AFA. Man, so much she's doing behind the scenes um, has already informed us that we need to make sure we ask people to register because people are already registering and um, she's going to have to cut it off. So so just do that by February 1st, February 1st, free event. All you got to do is let us know that you're coming. That's yep. it. Let us know that you're coming. Maybe let you'll do a know. double date night, date night. That'll be fun. Hey, you know, it. I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you how to why live not? your life. I mean, I can't see any reason why not. 
But anyway, all right. So take part in that if you can. And if you will, let us know that you're coming. MarriageFamilyLife.net, MarriageFamilyLife.net. It's date night with the Addisons. And um, unfortunately, there's no child care, so you'll have to get a sitter. And then, look, all the grandparents are like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm good. <laughs> like, no, Grampy, you guys are fine. We need to go. You guys have the kids tonight. That's I don't know. Funny. You guys you, call Will if you need help with that. He'll help you. Hey. Just kidding. All right. Um, man, Will, yes. so you constantly, people don't know this about you, which is why when they call in, they're like, oh, we're so glad when you get to talk. <laughs> Um, Will does talk when he feels like it, but what he is constantly doing behind the scenes is informing, right? Making sure that what's going on, what's happening in the culture is not missed by those who have been gifted in this area of communication, right? Like this is what God's called them to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will the great sees himself as the gentle reminder. Hey, did you see this? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, pretty often He's uh, got emails flying and sending different stories. Um, certainly that is the case for me, and I know it's the case for others uh, of our colleagues that, that get his emails. <laughs> um, anyway, but today, here is the question. The question is, uh, what then is Apollos? Mm-hmm. That's the question that we want to explore. And so we're going to unpack that and have a little conversation around it. There's a lot that's happening um, and we've been discussing it. And honestly, some of it can just really weigh on you, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like some could. of it, you just, you're like, oh, man, you know. Um, I was reading the story you sent me about um, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. How his insurance company, is it insurance company yeah. or investing company or something like that, um, dropped him because of his um, his it's, social media footprint. Exactly. That's where we are, man. It's like, it, you know, it, it's the constant, every aspect of life. You better submit and, and say what is in line with the agenda of what we want you to say or else. If you, if you deviate from that, you're canceled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here it is. Uh, famed Boston Red Sox pitcher turned conservative commentator Kurt Schilling said on Tuesday that American international group AIG had canceled his insurance plan due to his social media profile. Um, now, you know, <laughs> amazing. He's He's been with them since 2004. And all of a sudden they have just decided that Kurt Schilling is just too toxic um, in his support of the president and his support of the president's supporters. Um, and so they made the decision to drop him. Now, again, this goes into the larger category of what we're talking about. And, and sometimes we will borrow terms from the culture. And when I say the culture, I'm talking about what exists outside of the church, right? Sometimes we will borrow terms and, you know, I don't want those terms to be watered down because they're overused, you know, but when we talk about um, things like big tech and and we talk about, Uh, these organizations and these entities and how really the ultimate aim is that there would be a control of every aspect of our lives, right? That there would be um, subjugation. And, and I know that sounds Mm. like that's, you know, a big term, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that as the goal and the aim yesterday we talked about the national association of realtors. Mm -hmm. And by the way, let me, let me, uh, toggle back did to you this see that email that I, I did that's exactly what i was going to refer answer to our to. question of how important this organization is and what they're doing you yes. know for real for realtors man so we got an email um yesterday um after the show from um a realtor mm-hmm. and i won't even say where she's a realtor because mm-hmm. i'm not going to give her name but i i just yeah yeah. Okay. So I won't say, but so here we go. I'm going to read just a little bit of it to you, which, you know, again, <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> our associations and our affiliations, um, they're kind of incrementally coming after us, right? Like kind of squeezing <laughs> us in little by little um, on all sides just to make mm -hmm. sure that you create this neat little society that you have designed and you only say what the society has approved of. Okay. So um, good afternoon is how this email starts. Uh, thank you so much for the national association of realtors segment on today's show. You're absolutely spot on with your analysis and it's awful overreaching policy. Um, they've worked into their code of ethics. I am a, and then she tells her state, Mm -hmm. I am a this state realtor and was appalled when this was implemented November 13th. We are forced to join NAR in order to access our multiple listing service. So for now, we have no say so in this um, other than appealing to the listing service to change their policy, making membership to NAR optional. And then she says, but wait, there's more. NAR is also in discussions. Watch this with the World Health Organization and mm -hmm. CDC to determine whether they will force all agents to get the COVID vaccine. I like crazy. how she types this. Wait, what? That's what she <laughs> typed. Three, three question marks. Wait, what? Not sure how this will play out, but I'll never comply. Um, mm. She goes on to say NAR has very quickly become a massive overlord for our industry, and they do very little for the agents, in my opinion. I'm working with our MLS and next will be our organization's um, pack to get this changed. So anyway, she goes on to say what we've been saying here and mm -hmm. is in agreement that people are caving to this nonsense. And so honestly, without much of a clue that it doesn't stop because as she writes in the email, I agree 110, the goalposts keep moving. Right. Like right. It, it's never just like end goal. Like it's you're, there's still going to be more that, that is, you know, required of you. So in light of that, uh, and with the question that we're asking, what then is Apollos? And this will make sense as we kind of unpack this. One of the ways that our culture has really sort of, and I don't want to overuse the word grooming, but I will. Um, <laughs> one of the ways that our culture has groomed us for um, this great need that we have for affiliation and association is not because they first made it mandatory. It became mandatory because it was first appealing to us, mm. right? So when we go out in the world and we find these affiliations that sort of, um, you know, promise us greater areas of success or maybe even a greater, you know, popularity, right? And, and we see this even with our kids who are not yet working. They are taught from a very young age to desire to be popular, desire to be accepted, desire to be in this quote unquote group, group. Mm. So today what we want to explore is that we once and for all um, put off those desires. We grab the break. We'll be right back. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And all I did was pray. The point is when we don't find our identity in Christ, like as followers of Christ, when we don't exalt Christ and we're looking for all of these like sort of secondary affiliations and all of those things, they become hooks that the enemy ultimately can use to control us, right? To make us yeah. um, 
I, I would say find ourselves at the mercy of the organizations that we love, at the mercy of the affiliations that we take pride in. And that's kind of the moment that we're having in this country right mm. now. We're we're at the mercy of our affiliations. We're at the mercy of our organizations. And so when these organizations or these affiliations um, or even the love of people, right, even the love of people begin to control us or to say, well, you can't say this or you can't do that. We find ourselves conflicted. We don't have to be here. And in fact, this problem was raised already in the scriptures and this is why our understanding of church history and the reading of the word of God is so important because the church has been here before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so we deal with these things. And it's amazing that, you know, I say the word of God anticipates um, the human condition and which seems a little bit like, well, duh. I mean, God is the author. Of course, it anticipates the human condition, right? The Lord knows us. So the scriptures have this unique ability to read us and in every culture and in every time, peg it like straight yeah. up peg it. Like it's like, boom, called it. You guys are going to do that because, <laughs> you know, he's God, right? Amen. So in the Bible and, and I'm thinking about where we are now. Okay. And the threat and just keep this in mind as we kind of like have this discussion. So the threat to the church right now, the squeeze that's coming in from all sides, we talked mm -hmm. about this yesterday, is like we've got our affiliations, we've got our associations, and then we've got the people that we follow, okay, that, you know, if if they say this or if they do that, then we're all conflicted, and, and do we go with what they say? Like, how do we know where we're supposed to fall, right? And so I think that in some ways this question is answered when Paul actually asked the Corinthians, uh, what then is Apollos? Now, just to jog your memory and kind of take you back, and um, I'll talk about this the way we talk about it with the kids, like um, this is actual history. Sometimes yeah. when we say, um, and I don't know why it's like this, but when we read the Bible, we we actually, excuse this expression, This I hope this will make sense, but we spiritualize the facts so much that it's almost like the facts aren't real. It's just, it's just spiritual. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, and, and not to diminish the spiritual aspect of what we're talking about. You know, I have no mm -hmm. problems talking about that because the Bible does. But sometimes when we're looking at the actual factual history of the church, we want to make that something that's, um, I mean, there's a way I'm trying to describe <laughs> it. I'm, I'm losing it. Like that's kind of smoky. You yeah. know, it's like, you can't really touch it. No, this really happened. You're right. Right. It's right. Real. This really, it's this not... really happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I get you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, the Lord will help us. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so you have the apostle Paul. There's something interesting that happens if you read through, um, the book of acts, right. Mm -hmm. And then study through it and then kind of do some cross-referencing and all that. Uh, one of my favorite terms is to cross-reference. Um, the apostle Paul goes to Corinth and he meets a man named Aquila who has a wife named Priscilla, right? And they start working with him. They're all tent makers. Remember this? Mm -hmm. And and they're traveling with him for a bit. And then in Acts chapter 18, and, and by the way, Acts chapter 18 is where the Apostle Paul establishes the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in Corinth, right? And so something interesting comes out of this, and that is the discovery of a man named Apollos, yeah. okay? And the Bible, man, the Bible does not leave us blank, right? Like the Bible gives us the details that we need. So Apollos is described as this man who um, probably has a lot that people would desire, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's a great communicator. I mean, he's bold, you know, um, he knows a lot about the things of God. And so in Acts chapter 18, verse 24, the Bible describes for us 
um, not only Apollos, but the encounter that um, Priscilla and Aquila have with Apollos. The Bible even tells us where Apollos goes after this, which will make sense because then when you read in Corinthians and you see that Paul is raising this question because of the confusion that is happening, Mm -hmm. you go, Oh, right. Because Apollos went there. That's, (laughs) that's interesting. So, so here we go, right? This is Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 24. It says, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man. All of these details, by the way, (laughs) they're important are important, (laughs) okay? Because, because, man, brothers and sisters, God knows, he knows us. Yeah. All right? And, and, you know, the things that we, the things that shine for us, you know, ooh, shiny. He knows, (laughs) he knows. All right? And he made us. So all of these, all of these details are important. All right, he was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, He spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Mm -hmm. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed when he arrived He greatly helped those who through grace had believed for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Mm -hmm. All of these details are very important. important. You can get a picture of who Apollos was. Right. And and I would say it's also important. The description of Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. And what they did. And, you know, both of them. (laughs) <laughs> taking him aside and showing him the way more excellently. Uh, I hear King you, James Aquila. Version. I hear you. I hear you, Aquila. <laughs> I hear you. I hear what you're saying. No, it's true. All of these details are yeah, very important, yeah, right? Yeah. And so what happens after this? What happens after Priscilla and Aquila take Apollos aside and they're like, they're like, um, <laughs> Priscilla, oh, I say. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, they're like, hey, listen. Like <laughs> no, probably not. All right. We need, we need to teach you something that you don't know. All right. Because you're doing an, an excellent job. This is great. You know, the people really like you up in here. Um, but there's something that you don't know. And Apollos. Now, think about all of these descriptions or all of these descriptors that we read. Um, Apollos is all of this. And yet he receives this instruction from Priscilla and Aquila. Mm. Right. And then what happens? Well, um, those in position of leadership, they commend Apollos to the disciples and he goes over to Achaia. Well, What does that mean? That means he goes over to Corinth. Mm -hmm. And just in case we're not sure about that, if you continue reading the book of Acts, Luke makes sure to point that out. Verse 19 or chapter 19, verse one. But just imagine you didn't stop reading. Imagine it's one continuous letter Mm -hmm. because it goes on and says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Mm -hmm. Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. So in other words, the scriptures want you to know that Apollos gets checked. He gets a full understanding of who Jesus Christ is. He's mm-hmm. teaching now the full counsel of the truth of who God is, who Christ is. And then he goes over to Corinth. Yes. Well, remember, the Corinthians are wild. <laughs> all right. The, the yeah. Corinthians got a lot going on. All right. Um, Pastor David Jeremiah says that um, that it was if you said uh, that someone was behaving like a Corinthian, <laughs> that was like a diss 
because the Corinthians were given to sexual immorality. They were always dividing among themselves. They were, you know, always trying to find the latest thing to kind of rebel in. And so in the midst of this, Paul plants a church and he keeps it moving. But then Apollos goes over there. Right. And Apollos does an incredible work in Corinth. Mm. <laughs> All right. He is like he's like laying it down for people and he's like proving for the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And so then what happens? Well, then um, Chloe and them, as we say <laughs> in New Orleans, Chloe and them, um, you know, the church that is at Chloe's house. They're like, uh, we got a lot of divisions here. Hmm. We got a lot of divisions. People are kind of like sectioning themselves off based on watch this. Their affiliation, who they come like, on. who they come on. Right. Right. So we're just built that way. We're built that mm. way that our affiliations and our associations are so important to us. And so how does Paul deal with this? Like he doesn't ignore it. Right. And in fact, he, he puts himself in the mix. He doesn't say like he doesn't, you know, in chastising them, exclude himself. Right. Because he actually is included as an affiliation. <laughs> And how do we know this? Well, we know this from chapter one, but the apostle Paul actually picks up again in chapter three. This is first Corinthians. And I'm just going to read it to you. Chapter three. I'm going to start at verse one. But I brothers could not address you, address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Hmm. I fed you with milk, not solid food for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, <laughs> are you not being merely human? Come ah, on. ah, <laughs> one of our coworkers, she says, it's when people are being peopley. They're just some, <laughs> you like, like working with people, but sometimes they can be so peopley. If she's listening, <laughs> she knows exactly who she is. He says, are you not being merely human? And then verse five, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. And then he goes on. I planted Apollos watered. So I, I planted the church, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord, by his grace, sends Apollos over there. Mm -hmm. He's doing an incredible work. But after all, saints, it's just water. <laughs> Come on, right? He's like, it's just Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. Mm. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, mm. God's building. Wow. Man. So what does Paul do? Paul like takes the importance out of the importance, right? Yeah. Like people try to make this important. They try to make that important. And it's all the work that is done through people, Man, right? It's and, done. And, and go the, ahead. And the thing is, I admire the Holy Spirit working through the apostle Paul. Yeah. And that you see here a care for the people. Like mm -hmm. it's discipline. It's That's like right. you guys are tripping because you, <laughs> you know, you're elevating <laughs> a, a man, you uh -huh. know, or men, you yep. know, and this position belongs to God, but it Amen. was addressed. And that's yes. a lot of times these type of things go on in the body of Christ, but they they go unaddressed. And so it becomes a stumbling block and strongholds mm -hmm. within within churches. And, and, yes. you know, but the Apostle Paul, he laid it out and, and broke it down and say, hey, this is the proper priority and order. Amen. That is God is giving the growth, although Amen. he's using men to to do a great work. It's God. 
And so this is how then you should see the people that you fancy. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's human. It's a part of our humanity to, um, you know, maybe kind of be drawn by affiliation, drawn to association. Um, Mm. We've in America, especially there is this feeling of like, I don't have to say much about myself if I'm a part of this affiliation, because this affiliation has a legend, Mm. right? Like this association has a legend. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to really earn your trust or build my personal character, you know, so that you know me and trust (laughs) me and believe what I say. All I got to do is tell you I belong to this. Yeah. Which can be, you know, counterproductive, honestly, for the, for the follower of Christ. Okay. Um, But in addition to that, this kind of saves us from this um, cult of personality, right? Where even now, right now, there's, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some stories and maybe we'll unpack these as we continue along. Um, and Will, you talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. the celebrities that we sort of like are enamored by. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, and, and what do we do when the celebrity appears to depart from scripture? Mm-hmm. You know, it causes us great consternation because <laughs> right. we're like, oh, man, you know, there there are Apollos. Mm. Right. Yeah. Or there are Paul. Yeah. yeah. But what is the proper measure here? What is the right. proper balance here? The proper measure and the proper balance here is that we understand that people when in fact they are OK, mm-hmm. um, are being used of God. Amen. Amen. And so if we have this approach, and I said yesterday, and I want to clarify because I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying here. Um, my particular makeup, my particular makeup is that I'm not, I'm not given to needing to have any type of affiliation that validates me mm-hmm. in any context. I just don't like it. I don't like it. And, when, and I'll just give you, kind of take you back. So to my high school days, um, there were, you know, when, when everybody was like carting off and they had their little groups and, and, and all of these things, um, I really despised it. I saw those things as vehicles that you, that people use to make somebody feel like the other, you know, and mm. like, you're not worthy to be a part of this. So I just, I don't know if just over time I just developed a natural, I don't, I don't like that. You know, yeah. people are just, you know, so, so as a believer, we need to be free to share the gospel with everyone. Yeah. Right. Everyone. Right. Not just those, you know, in my particular circle. Right. Um, You know, they they will get it. They won't. No, we need to share the gospel with everyone. But there's a bigger picture here. And I hope that this is making sense. The bigger picture here. In the days and in the months ahead of us, Mm -hmm. and probably even the years ahead of us, there is going to be an increasing squeeze, not on each one of us individually, because that's a lot of work to do. (laughs) Right. To squeeze each Christian, genuine Christian, individually. They're not going to pick you up and I'm doing my finger like a little picking up a toothpick. They're not going to squeeze each Christian individually. That's going to take a lot of work. So where's the squeeze going to come from? The squeeze is going to come from your affiliations. The squeeze is going to come from your associations. And if your identity, if you're following of those affiliations, those associations, those celebrity pastors and teachers and, you know, movie makers, whatever, if, if your following of those people is out of whack, then when those affiliations, associations, popular people get squeezed by extension, you will be squeezed. Mm. You've got to be ready and willing to see this all as the Apostle Paul wrote by the Spirit of God. Christ is all. Amen. Christ. So therefore, the affiliation and the shirking 
of the affiliation doesn't hit us so hard. Hmm. All right, let's grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Oh my God, it's a miracle. I hear you speaking to me, Lord. It's a stereo. I'm trying to change and I know I got a ways to go. New things, new things, gotta let it go. I see the past looking at me, I'm like, next. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Man, we really do appreciate you spending some time with us, and we appreciate your correspondence. Um, I just got to tell you, I'm, man, um, I say this for the sake of the fact that I had um, several messages on Facebook that I'm just getting around to checking, Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to respond to those messages as I go through. Some of you have already received responses. Um, You know, I just, not to, you know, not to always, you know, blame, but, you know, (laughs) The baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that That's for everything. Easy, no, no, no. I, I'm going to hold on to that <laughs> for everything for the full year. So until year, until okay. September 24th of uh, this year, right. I'm going to be saying, you know, the baby. That's fair. The baby. That's going to be everything. Look, that's going to be weight. Oh, you know, the baby. Everything. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. God. All right. Um, well, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. To what is the name of the show? This is Aaron Addison's here on American Great. Family Radio. Yes, <laughs> and I'm, I'm Will. Nikki. Yeah, hey, Will. How <laughs> are you doing? And that was Flame with Next. Next. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, we want to open the phone lines for our listeners um, to call us and talk about this topic or anything that we've discussed this week. Uh, you can chime in, as you know, 888 589 888-589-8840. While you're doing that, I don't want to um, fail to remind you of the important opportunity we have to partner with the ministry Preborn. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this yesterday with our sister Joyce, yes. and uh, it's just so important, this ministry. And I think, and we alluded to this yesterday, we alluded, we said it outright, alluded just makes me sound smart. Uh, we said it outright, <laughs> um, that as we go, you know, the next few years, um, the work of saving lives becomes um, even more important. It's always been important, right? But it becomes even more important because I can't help but be, you know, cautious. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't want things to be this way, but, you know, maybe some of the ground that we gained in the last four years, uh, we may see a loss of that. And that's unfortunate. It just, it underscores again that elections really do have consequences. And the sad thing about that is that elections have the types of consequences that um, cost people their lives in yeah. a very real sense. Man, that's so Aye. true. Man, that's so true. You know? Yeah, and I'm thinking about preborn as far as uh, also how they give the gospel. You know, yes, man, that's right. Will. I, you know, because it's just it's yes, it's great the ultrasound and all of that. I mean, we need to be able to show that and save mm-hmm. those lives, but also spiritually speaking, the opportunity to save lives. Yeah. Uh, is 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 awesome as well. So yeah, and I will say this: that preborn, um, just some of the numbers that you that you mentioned, especially as we talk about sharing the gospel, forty nine thousand women have surrendered their lives to Christ. So mm. they have counseled over three hundred eighty five thousand women considering abortion. More than fifteen thousand babies' lives have been saved, and more than forty nine thousand women. That's a lot. Okay, like yeah. we, we talk about people coming from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Think -hmm. about that. 49,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. And this is the result of them being able to see their baby and not only make the decision to save that baby's life, to spare that baby's life, 
but also make the decision to come to the Lord yes. Jesus Christ. They can only do that when they hear a clear presentation of the gospel. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. And to your point, Will, mm-hmm. that's why the work in the ministry of preborn um, is really kind of set apart. Uh, for what it's doing. So you have an opportunity to continue this work. Yes. $28 provides one woman seeking an abortion, a free ultrasound. And of course, by extension, that free ultrasound comes along with a clear presentation mm. of the gift of God. Amen. <laughs> okay. And that's probably what is of utmost importance. Uh, so $28 for one, $140, uh, $140 provides five, five free ultrasound sessions, yeah. reaching five women with not only the message of life, but the message of eternal life, mm, eternal life. On. And I just want to say our listeners are so generous and really understand the weight of what's in front of us, that they are already responding. It's not too late. There are two ways to do it. Um, I'll give you those ways right now. 877-616-2396. 877-616-2396. Or you can give online at AFR.net. Excuse me, that's AFR.net. So um, make sure that you check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you want to talk to us, the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Yes. Will the Great has got some calls queued up. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to Harold in Texas. Hi, Harold. Hey, how you doing? Doing Hello. good. I just wanted to see if you could give me some kind of enlightenment on why the black church view of the teachings of Jesus Christ so different from what it seems like the white church is. I mean, you know, black churches support Democrats' objective, whereas it seems like the uh, Republicans are backed by the white church, and they don't support those things like abortion, homosexuality, <laughs> transgender things. Why is that? Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. <Yes>. Harold. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, so there, there is there is so much to unpack there. And let me say, let me just say something. Color does not have a corner market on truth. And, and I look, and I would say a lot of it has to do with the politics of, of things. Exactly. The politics of things has affected the church in a, <laughs> a greatly, you know, and man, I, when you look at certain uh, uh, policies and, and, mm-hmm. and what's being told to, you know, maybe let's say the black church, you know, well, it's being told that this party is in your best interest because, mm-hmm. you know, these people care about you. But at the same time, I think there's been a a uh, lax approach. Man, it's crazy to talk about like black and white, but let's just talk about Democrat and Republican. I think there's been a lax approach to reaching out <laughs> to melanated people, you know. And so I think it's a thing of. Man, they don't care about y'all. Look, they don't. They're not even in the neighborhoods. They just mm-hmm. come around, and they barely come. You know, when it's time for an election, these so, are your people, and this is what, and these are in your best interest. I think that's ha- that has a lot to do with it. So, and that, and I would put that in the category of being on the political side. Yes, on the political right? side. Okay. Yes. So, if we look at the church, if mm-hmm. we look at the bride of Christ, and we have one bride, we have one bride. So, we don't have a black bride. We don't have a white bride. We have. One bride of Christ. Right. Amen. So I think if you look at that question, because there is the political aspect of it. But I think in addition to that, there is the aspect of the way the church, the bride of Christ, has responded to morality. So Mm. one of the great tools that the enemy has used to wield against the the church, to wield against the bride, has been politicization. 
So if you can politicize something, if that's you can true. say, well, this is and then you've got Christians who, you know, they're like, well, that's that's politics. I don't want to get involved right. in that. I don't want to talk about that. Right. Platform. E- exactly right. And then and <laughs> yeah. then you have people who wow. believe that they have bought into something else and don't understand that they have unwittingly aligned themselves with something that is antithetical to the faith. I think that's how we have the numbers as large as they are. Mm. But it didn't start out this way. I'm going to tell you, I actually think that we have seen a shift at one time. At one time, people used to say that black Americans are more conservative than they vote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. However, because the political leanings have shaped their voters. Okay. I think now they are more liberal than we might imagine. And why? Because the constant message, the constant drumbeat has been this thing and that thing. And all of those things sound good. And when you don't have a robust apologetic, right, when you don't have a defense Mm. for what the gospel says on these issues. Yeah. And and you can. In fact, you can talk about the issues of the day without ever mentioning a political party. Yeah. But but the sad thing to me is that you you have a, a issue like abortion that's seen as that's a Republican issue. That's mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. But then you if you talk about justice or whatever, that's that's a black you know church that's issue. That's yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like these things as for Christians, Man. We, they're at the heart of God that that would That's be right. you know fair justice you know not I'm yep. not talking about social justice and the, and the perverted no. stuff but just justice and then that that the lives of the innocent you know unborn wouldn't be killed you know those that's are right. not issues for political parties but that's what they've been made that's right when when we were able to um well not able when we effectively stepped back from engaging the culture based on the moral standards of the word of God and relied on politics only, um, that's that's where the loss occurred. That's mm-hmm. where the loss occurred. You see, we don't go out into the public square with our Constitution, mm-hmm. not as a Christian mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. You go out into the public square with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You would tuck the Bible under your arm. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because then what you're talking about is something that is eternal and that has nothing to do with politics. We are talking about questions of morality. We're talking about questions of righteousness. So to our brother Harold's point the reason we have seen this divide is because we have allowed we have allowed politics to be the school uh teacher Mm. rather than the word of god right we've allowed politics to take over and and now we find ourselves trying to wrestle people away from political Mm. ideologies rather than um bring them back from the brink of death Mm. and destruction Mm. and that's unfortunate so this should be a lesson to us right what do people desperately need the gospel what works in every context whether they have a political party or not what works in every culture what works in every time yeah the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And so we wouldn't be having these questions about what people think about life or human identity, sexual identity, um, sexual relationships. We wouldn't be having these questions from a political aspect if we approach them initially and solely from the perspective of the gospel and the word of God. We need to do better at that. Let's we we can we can own that as the bride and say, man, we we need to do better. We have the message of hope. We have the message of eternal life and we have obscured that message and trying to present it twisted up in our politics. Mm. We don't need to do that. Mm. We start with the gospel. And if somebody wants to know what your political uh, persuasion is and you tell them that, but that's separate from the gospel. 
first and foremost, you're a Christian. And then if a person wants to have a conversation with you about why you vote a certain way, mm-hmm. then you tell them, well, I vote in the direction that best aligns with my Christian conviction because that's first. You see, if you if you twist my arm, you want me to tell you about my politics, I'll tell you. But the first thing I'm going to tell you is about my Christian conviction. Look, when we talk about having a strong work ethic, we look at we look at what the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians. Yeah. Come on, man. You got busybodies among you. These people, these jokers don't want to work, but they want to be around eating your bread. Listen, we don't need to talk in terms of political parties. They just want to give handouts. They just want. No, we need to. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So if all of your political positions are supported with the scriptures, and I'm hoping as a believer that they are, then start with the scriptures. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Candy in Virginia. Hi, Candy. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Um, just a couple of comments. I, I totally believe that people will vote Christian. Um, based on that, then, yeah, they were voting in the right direction. But people don't care anymore. Christians, mm. some of the Christians who voted for Biden, then they could not truly call themselves Christians because the Democratic platform. What? And the other issue I have is that people, for black folks, uh, all, all the Democrats had to do is say, hey, this person is black. Kamala doesn't even look black married to a white man. We know she's black unless... unless she, unless she told you she's black. And so for the black race, we're hurting because all someone has to do, Biden never said what he was running for, what his plan for, what he's going to be doing. All he had to do was say, hey, I got a black person. Now all the yes. black people are going to vote for Biden. And all they had to do was look at 1983, look at 1990, pull up those videos. They're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Biden had this thing for black folks. He says nothing mm-hmm. you can do for them. They need to be locked up. And so I have issues with that. Yeah. How does yeah. someone saving a Christian want to stay with the Democratic platform and all they're doing is using us? All they're Come doing is on. Black folks in there. Yeah. All the black folks are going to do is say, I'm going to vote for that person because they're black. Kamala, she put a lot of people in jail. Black folks who had <laughs> 10 folks in jail, they can thank Biden for it. And I know Biden is somewhere laughing, thinking, wow, I put a lot of these people grandfathers, fathers in jail because wow. of the policies Come on, I Candy. put in place and they turn around and vote it for me. Come wow. on. Come on. Look, Candy, let me let me say this. You are spot on in your observations and, and I can I can hear your frustration. And, and I think it's a right frustration because there is just a willful ignorance on the part of so many who won't dig, who won't do the research. And you said, I don't even know if Biden knows what he's for. Uh, you <laughs> might be right about that, because remember, Biden's biggest pitch was that he was a placeholder. Remember that. Remember, it's like, you know, you're you're on your way. And and look, Kamala herself or Kamala, I don't, you know, <laughs> forgive me, uh, Lotus um, <laughs> Flower. <laughs> um, look, even she saw herself as like a Harris Biden administration. Mm-hmm. All right. So so this is this is what you're dealing with. But can I tell you something? And even in this, the judgment of God is revealed when you have anything that comes before Christ. That is an idol. Anything you put before God, that is an idol. Even one's skin color. And that's what we have seen. We have seen the worship of skin color. If it's black, that's that's I'm, that, I'm all about it. That's all you got to tell me. You, you know, it's the sort of quote unquote, you had me at black. Mm. That's idolatry. 
And if it's in any other direction, you have me at white, you have me at Latino, you have me at Asian. However it is, we section off the bride, dividing up the bride. Come on. God judges that. And we're seeing the result of it. We can't deny that. I mean, you know, it's just these things, as we often strongly suggest, are spiritual. That's right. All right. We've run out of time. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.